0: fancy managers welcome back to another instalment of the FPL Addicts Game Week review. It's Reedy and The Rev here, uh, bringing you all the latest about fancy Premier League. There we go. I've got it done. I needed to do that just for just well me done. Own, for me well own, done. for for so my own Peace of mind.
1: Didn't hear it for the first time. <laughs> and said it again.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> <thanks for> brilliant. What <laughs> a way to start on a Tuesday, yeah. You have, yeah. Uh, as if
1: there hasn't already been enough drama this game week. The way we've kicked off this pod already has been sorry. full of action for sure.
0: <laughs> so uh, if you're new around here, make sure you give our podcast a, or video some love with a like, uh, rating or review on on, on podcasts as well. Uh, as a, as a subscription so that would be great um quick shout out and thanks to Ollie uh, and Ellie for helping out uh, and, and basically stepping in for me and rev last week um you know you boys were class uh but over to the blue corner uh rev, are you good mate
1: yeah I'm feeling good um, I enjoyed my little 30 seconds there of attempting to host the podcast but um you know it was <laughs> it was taken out from under my feet all my dreams of yeah. one day doing that I've been slowly blown asunder but it's uh, nice to know for... <laughs> though even
0: even though even though you're on the blue side and I'm on the red side of yeah. it's nice to know you've got me back mate thank you
1: for yeah that. no I do, I do have you back and speaking of the red and blue um, sides of Merseyside what a game that was mate has, has your heart rate come down because I, I know mine hasn't
0: yeah I mean I've just about sort of got over it because it wasn't the best Liverpool for- performance again you know, um, didn't look hundred percent comfortable, albeit, you know, your lads put in a compact and sort of solid defensive um game and, and it was hard to break down at times. Um so yeah, my heart rate is, is relaxed now. I mean, before the game, I'll admit, I was uh, I was nervous, getting a bit nervous. Um But yeah, back back to normality now. I'm glad we don't play you every week. I'll say that much. I'll
1: say that. I mean, I've I've got to say, I I wish we would play like that every week. I think Mm. um, between Michalenko and Tom Davis did a real job on keeping Mo Salah really quiet. I I thought they were real credit to the shirt there. But um, (laughs) speaking of good defensive performances, uh, and also particularly for FPL, you know, I, I think FPL managers across the world. Um, Would have been looking at that result and going, oh, nil, nil, finally, Robertson and Trent are going to give me a return and clop with some football banditry taking off Trent Alexander-Arnold about, was it 55 seconds before the clean sheet
0: um, threshold? I think so, yeah. So, so obviously, there's a, there's a, I know there's a few discussion points we want to go through. Mm. That's certainly one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was, yeah, was not expecting that, mm. especially in in that sort of high stake, not high stake of a game, so to speak. But you know, one at one of the legendary games of the Premier League and and, and yeah. even previous to that. So, TA and Robbo um, situation for PR managers, absolute nightmare. What a um, what a nightmare absolute nightmare for people like that right it's almost sort of pep like you know with with that sort of thing we've seen him do that before but to, for Klopp to do it anyone who's not a liverpool supporter just probably hate him even more now <laughs> so, yeah man
1: yeah but yeah, Salah blanked
0: as well Salah blanked as well that's, And that's there's another.
1: A, I and this has been a point for me that's been blown out of proportion I think um Whilst, you know, Tom Davis and Michalenko did try and do a number on him to try and keep him quiet, that didn't stop him from creating a few chances. That didn't even stop him from coming, like, centimetres away as, as he hit the post. Um, also, Jordan Pickford had an absolute weldy of a game. And, and some of the chat around Mo Salah is, you know, are people going to move off him now? Are people going to sell him? Some, some people, I don't know, chat... Let, let me know what you guys think, Um, because I am personally bewildered as to the fact that some people are selling Salah right now um when he's basically the goat. He is creating chances. And I just think he's been unlucky. So he's not even been unlucky. Like, he's been good. He's had five attack and returns in six games. You, you can't really ask for much more than that from an FPL player. But there we yeah. are. Reedy, what, what are your thoughts, mate? What are you going to do with Salah?
0: I mean, speaking of Salah, he's uh, the second most transferred out player of, of the game week so far and so on. Even Trent's on that list and we all know what kind of happened with uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in the Bournemouth fixture. So um, it's a risk. It's, it's, it's always going to be risky with a player like that who's been, uh, you know, in Salah, who's been so prolific, um, so so amazing in, in getting mm. people returned in FPL, being a perma-captain and so on. So um, the Salah-Blank, he was still in the mix. He still got chances. I know he wasn't clinical or first half, he was definitely off it um, 100%. Um, but for me, a Wolves fixture uh, at home, I just wouldn't be selling him just yet. I think for me, I'd, I'd potentially, and as I say, potentially look at it game week eight. Um, and I know we'll touch upon wild cards later so, so, you know, that could be another yeah. thing that, you know, we, we factor in there about having no seller. Um so yeah. But Everton defense, mate, I just want to go on to that and, and say, you know, as we mentioned about yous being compact and solid and so on. Mm-hmm. Did you like what you saw with that with that defense?
1: I've gotta say, as as um as an Everton fan, it's been really difficult for me over the past two years. I haven't played played with like Essentially like no recognized defensive midfielders mm. for about two years. And it says a lot about Everton's recruitment when we you know replace Adresa Garnegay after two years with Adresa Garnegay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, like it just shows how Everton's recruitment is we are basically just a little bit of a shambles in that regard. But um yeah, mm. you know, as um IBK from the FPL Sandwich podcast says, imagine. Decorate in that midfield with Onana and Gay, and and I am really looking forward to seeing yeah. that moment and that um, particular trio in the middle of the park yeah. Yeah. playing together week in, week out. It beats uh, having that...
0: Morgan Schneidlin in there, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, we we've had some pretty shocking uh, def- so called defensive midfielders over the past few years, and and um, and. That there is a, a small ray of hope for Everton fans. I, we looked solid defensively. Mm. Uh, I think um Nathan Patterson, what a player, mate. Really for good. 4.1 mil as well for your for your uh, fantasy football teams. Like my hot tip of the week um was to suggest that we as managers should be thinking about moving forward towards a three four three formation because there's such a lack of defenders, but there's also an abundance of strikers right now. And if you want two enablers that are gonna help supplement your bench, then you could do a lot worse than going for Nathan Patterson and um uh, what's his name from um
0: Nico Williams.
1: Yeah, N- Nico Williams, yeah. yeah. And you know, you could do a lot worse than them. They're both four point one million mm. just just if if you're looking to change your team structure around, get mm-hmm. those to him and, and, and in and invest the funds. Yeah. where the points are.
0: Yeah, well said, mate. Well said. And, and we don't want to hog the limelight too much in terms of uh, Everton and Liverpool and the derby. Oh, because yeah. there, there, was, there was a lot of other games and there was some absolute action going on in, in uh, you know the Premier mm-hmm. League and FPL and so on. So, just to finally sort of close this one off, who had the best chances, in your opinion, mate, out of the uh, Everton and Liverpool? It's
1: kind of hard to, to say without a little bit of bias. But um, for me, it was one of those games that, like uh, the fact that it ended nil nil was a joke it could have been three all Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) with both teams like hitting the woodwork both teams creating chances i think you guys were better holding possession but i think when we did have the ball what little we did have of it we we looked really good and and maybe even more threatening at times so yeah it's it was one of them it was just end-to-end stuff
0: Awesome, mate. Awesome. Um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna kind of like be too team biased. Um, because of the Neon Neo one for me was an unbelievable chance. Um he should have scored that. No, no shut two up. ways about it. The In Tom no Davies doubt. one, a bit bit trickier, maybe you'll give him the benefit of the doubt, the outside of the foot and so on. But um the Neil neon one for me was was the one that he should have been scoring uh, every other day of the week. So yeah, um yeah. I mean Diaz at the post, obviously, and Nunes had a chance, and there were some great, great chances. And I just think that the keepers, much of some of the story of the weekend, actually, in terms of the keepers coming out on on top and being the the guys who are, you know, stepping up to the plate, so to speak. But uh, moving on, yeah, to United v's Arsenal on the uh, Sunday, the last uh, last kickoff of the weekend. Um, you know, first and foremost, Marcus Rashford. Yeah, what do you think of this guy, Rev? I think
1: he's, he's emerging as as a real potential option, isn't he? I don't think he took mm. his goals massively well, but at the same time, he worked hard to get himself into those positions. Mm. Um, I think there was someone in, in Twitter as well who said, um, you know, for, for the first assist for Marcus Rashford's goal, there are only three players in the Premier League who can play the pass that mm. Marcus Rashford received and two of them play for Man United. So you know, yeah. the first one is obviously KDB can can play that pass, that through pass into Marcus Rashford. The other two are Ericsson and Fernandes, and they are playing right behind Marcus Rashford. So he he he's going to get chances. He's going to get chances. He's going to get loads of them. And um, with Man United's fixtures turning, I think he's he's a definite option. He just needs to take it well, though. He needs to grow in confidence a little bit more. He still looked like he was recovering from the last season and a half of mm. drought you know he, he kind of had that on, on his shoulders still
0: I think I think from a finishing perspective maybe not the cleanest of finishers but I like the fact that he's getting into them positions and I like the fact that he looks fit he doesn't look like he's sort of lacking in pace and so on and um, but as you said there in terms of making the passes and you know there's mm-hmm. not many players that can kind of do that and uh, the recruitment of Christian Eriksen um, and then having Bruno, uh, Bruno Fernandes already in their ranks, yeah. I think uh, it's, it's definitely going to be hu- huge benefit for, for mm. Man United. And um, they played the right way against an Arsenal team that were very aggressive, pressed and so on. And, and, and that yeah. counter-attack was exactly the right thing to do. Yeah, I, think, I think Man
1: United just matched them so well with yeah. just pure aggression, mm. pure aggression. Mm. And And the thing for me about Arsenal is... They obviously were a hundred percent going into this game, and I, I look at that team and I, I see a, a really young team. I see a team without a lot of experience, and it's it's going to be a real test now for Arsenal to see how they take their first defeat uh, as a yeah. team. You know, They were straight away into the cauldron of Old Trafford, three one, mm. and um, they they were they were battered to be honest, they, like yeah. physically as well. So mentally for them, it's it's going to be about whether or not they're going to be able to get up from this. And also Arsenal's fixtures look at going forward aren't looking amazing. So, you know, I'm going to be keeping an eye on Arsenal assets in my FPL team personally, yeah. because, you know, if Gabriel Jesus black blanks again, then we've got some great options. You know, I can go to Isaac from Newcastle. I can go to Mitrovic. And, mm. and and reinvest the money somewhere else, you know. And yeah. whilst Arsenal's fixtures are turning, it might be just worth step, stepping off the Arsenal assets anyway.
0: Yeah, it's a very very valid point. I mean, they've got it, they've had it, they've had it. Um, you know, all all um, fine and dandy with the fixtures at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, they've won those games, which you would have expect them to. Uh, you know they got a bit of a challenge on on Sunday against United, who've looked good defensively over the last, um, well, since the Liverpool game, realistically speaking. So you know that's been huge for them. Um, Man United seem to be hitting some form, and you know there's some potential assets to kind of look out for. One we've mentioned, which we'll probably go back to later, but but yeah, uh, all in all, really, um, United fans will be happy, happy with that win, and um, you know they're climbing up the table, which is which pains me to say. Anyway, I know Jack will be. Jack, Jack is obviously loving life with that one, so uh, we won't speak any more about that. That's fine. <laughs> but yeah, going on to Brentford Leeds. Um, what a game. High-scoring game. 5-2. Five, so much Incredible. action. Tony Hattrick. Let's get it out of the way now, This is feet. just
1: a, a time where me and you get to celebrate together, finally. Me and you yes, as, as yeah. Tony owners. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that I never said... On a podcast, that, on a podcast that I was going to captain Tony, did um, I, Reedy? What well, did
0: I say it on the podcast? Or? No,
1: no, on a oh. podcast you, you oh. were on the um, FPS. Ah, Spanish. right,
0: okay, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, you,
1: you were you were umming and ahhing about whether you were going to captain Tony. Any any regrets there, Edie? Any
0: regrets? <laughs> you know what? No, no regrets. Just because more relief that I had Haaland captain and he actually played so. Having Tony was still fantastic. Yes, I could have got the seventeen points extra, you know, but I had Haaland as captain. Um, so that was a bit of um, you know, comfort, I suppose, on the back of not captain and, and you know, Ivan Tony, who whose goals were just amazing the, the free kick especially for me was the best goal oh, out of the lot that was um, naughty
1: i didn't know he could do that to be honest i i um, brought him in him into my team thinking i'm just getting a bog standard number nine and and then he goes yeah. and and smashes that free kick into the top corner oh, give okay. me some more of those juicy juicy fpl points <laughs> we, we, we love we love that
0: yeah we I've got to actually give a bit of credit to Elliot who's also got him in in our podcast so he's yeah. in the league as well and also Elliot's a
1: a friend of mine there eben in the chat is is also a a, a proud tony owner and to be fair as as far as FPL goes it was a really low scoring game week so if you had tony he probably rescued your whole yeah. score, yeah, yeah, the <laughs> big at the back did, did for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. The, the The big at the back certainly didn't do well this week, Um and it was more about those midfielders and and if anything, the strikers are thriving at the minute. So they seem to be uh, where the points are at. Um, yeah. Leeds, speak- yeah, Speaking of on.
1: midfielders, Sinistera looking like he's come in for the injured Rodrigo. There, getting his goal looked good mm. as well. Yeah. I thought he was he was. Uh, looking quite dangerous looking quite lively so you know if people have still got Rodrigo in their team and they're still looking to ship him on you you could either go to someone like a Marcus Rashford or you could go to Sinistera Um I would personally say a, a player to avoid from the Leeds attack is is uh possibly Harrison he's obviously had some good games but he looked he looked really bad in in that um in that brentford game he looked a little bit lost mm. and he was yeah. hauled off a half time i wasn't sure if it was an injury or it's purely tactical or it was just a low performance kind of thing from him but yeah. um yeah. so yeah just just one of them because i know some people have been jumping on harrison i, pre- I prefer Ar- aronson myself the uh the winger from the states mm. um if you if you're gonna go there instead but but yeah man
0: yeah I've never really been a Harrison I'm not a fan as such, but I know there was some noise there in fPL about bringing him in and and so on um but he just didn't i don't know what it is just didn't excite me enough um and I just knew that he wouldn't be able to keep it up uh consistently and and leads mm. I mean you're looking for players in fPL I know that one point has being a little bit what's the word, picky or whatever, you know, with these clean sheets, yeah. uh, that the midfielders get the extra one mm. points and, and Leeds never keep clean sheets, really. Apart from the Chelsea game, which was just crazy in itself. But yeah, so um, Harrison coming off, whether it's an injury issue or whether that's just a tactical ploy by, by Marsh, who got got mm. given his marching orders as well. Wait, uh, marching or if, orders. Or if <laughs> we use will or use a pun there, yeah, marching wait, orders. Wait. <laughs> but yeah, moving on from those three games, just want to touch upon, Sort of Brighton Brentford as uh, you know we did mention Tony and so on um, that for those two teams to both score five goals both looking really good at the moment do you think they'll continue that that sort of form and consistency?
1: I think um, the potential is there for Brentford to do it because I like their fixtures. I think Brighton have I think they've got two good fixtures uh, in the next two games, but then. After those next two games, over the next six, if I had a, a Brighton asset, I would be benching them for four of those game weeks. So, like, yeah. and, and then only playing them in two. Unfortunately, I think it's one of those where sometimes in FPL, you miss the boat. You mm-hmm. know, I, I've I've missed my opportunity, personally, I feel, anyway, to get on someone like McAllister or Pascal Gross or mm-hmm. Trossard. Because um, I'm looking at those next eight game weeks, thinking I'm only going to play them in four of those games, um, yeah. just because the the their fixtures are are quite difficult. They're they're, they're playing um, some a lot of top six teams. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, you just got to watch that ship ship sail away from you. Sometimes watch those points head over the horizon, and and hope for something better will come along your way.
0: Yeah. So to kind of like. To 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 wrap that up, so to speak, is um, you think that if you've got Brighton assets, you kind of keep hold for these next two, but it's not a case of of bringing any of those assets in from Brighton or, or Brentford, yeah, 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 exactly, cool. fair enough, fair enough, but um, but yeah, moving on to kind of um, a VAR discussion, which I know we're not going to delve too much into, but we kind of want to want to just. Briefly talk about that because there was so much noise about VAR over the weekend and the decisions that were Mm. made and it wasn't just one or two games, there was quite a few games um, and Newcastle Palace was was one of them. Mm. Um,
1: It's a perfect storm really because there's always been questions over VAR but for everything to happen all at once was mm. just crazy so like for example like and, and this is one of the reasons why i love fpl because when something happens in a game that you don't normally care about yeah. you know you think about one of your friends <laughs> and um and so when the, the newcastle palace um game was happening when i saw that um the palace defender pushed the newcastle attacker into the, the palace goalkeeper and then the ball ricocheted off that foul <laughs> Into yeah. the defender and then score the own goal. <laughs> the fact that VAR <laughs> overturned That's just comedy it. gold, isn't it? <laughs> like I, I just immediately thought of Elliot. I was like, "No, Elliot!" Yeah. like I was actually angry for him. I was mm. actually angry for him. I, I was messaging Elliot straight away going that's a shambles I can't believe they've done that to you I feel like they, they've hurt my friend you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's just one of the things that FPL does to us isn't it yeah
0: but... yeah and I mean especially any any um, sort of um, people who own Newcastle players in their team and stuff like that it's um, mm. you know they've been very unfortunate with, the, with with getting goals and so on and even decisions of course that you know go back to the Liverpool yeah. one we won't say too much about that but um, do well you think, I, I, I'm icing a bit <laughs> do, do you think <laughs> that in a game where there was 43 shots and both keepers Nick Pope and Gaeta you know were both on form uh, for there to be no goals is uh, is crazy and for them to kind of rob that away from uh, from Newcastle when i think in my opinion it, yeah. i think it should have stood um it's it just crazy but yeah the, the Brentford Leeds game there was uh, also a bit of var controversy in that one um also um you know in terms of tony being involved again do you think that was given rightly the penalty um i've seen them given
1: <laughs> um, but um, um... It, it's just it's it's one of them like uh, i think where var is just one of those that it's sh- it shows everything in perfect slow motion. So the referees shouldn't really be getting it wrong, should they? I'm, I'm no, looking at some no. of these decisions thinking, how much are these people getting paid
0: Yeah, to, it's, to, to, to do this? It's crazy. I mean, um, I think it was a penalty. I think it was quite an obvious one. Um, you know, in terms yeah. of I haven't analysed where the ref referee was on the pitch, but Tony going to take the shot and a player coming in from behind. We see that so many times where players yeah. are tackled from behind and automatically it's a free kick, regardless of if a player gets a ball or not. Yeah. So, you know, it it's a definite penalty um yeah. for me that one. Um, but yeah, Chelsea West Down. Wanna...
1: Oh, give give Mendy an Oscar.
0: Do you want to mention that one? <laughs>
1: give give that man an Oscar. What a what an actor. Yeah. What an actor. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it was one of them where I just feel like, you know, Chelsea are really clutching at straws at the moment. Like, they need to start keeping clean sheets soon. Yeah, You know, it. they really, really do. And I wonder at what point is Thomas Tuchel going to lose his rag and just start playing uh, Kepa instead?
0: <sighs> It's very, very uncharacteristic, I would say, of Mendy. You know, he he's not really a keeper that you'd associate well, with many mistakes, but the Leeds one earlier in the season, yeah. of course, you know, getting caught out there, you know, some of his decision making that he's 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 making. And we were all talking at the beginning, at the beginning of the season of, of Mendy being a bargain at five million as well. And he's not looking great. Neither are Chelsea defenders yeah. if you want them clean sheets. Um and yeah, Although I mean,
1: Chilwell was back in the fray in that game. Uh, he came on he's for what on 20 much. minutes, goal yep. and an assist.
0: Exactly that. Yeah, Straight exactly on that. my
1: radar. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love Ben Chilwell. I love owning Chelsea wing backs. And, and I think, you know, if if he is back and Fafana has come into the team and Chilwell, um, not Chilwell, K- Kukureya is going to strengthen that left sided centre back and he's going to move over to there. I think Chelsea could start seeing some clean sheets, but we don't get the Chelsea clean sheets for the defensive returns. We get them for the attack and returns. It's just James has been so hit and miss, but we know that Chilwell is super consistent. So if he can come in, he can stay fit, nail down that place. I'd love to get him in my team.
0: I mean fair play to him for bringing in a bit of unintentional jogger bonito. you know the, uh, the <laughs> off his head and spin and, and and then just tap it in calmly as if he's beautiful. you know, been a striker for years exactly it's a thing of beauty um yeah. so yeah i mean i think i think the chilwell one i think I've put him on the list to kind of touch upon assets wise and we'll discuss maybe as to why you could bring him in although chelsea defenders most people would say they're mm. maybe in a, avoid, in a void for now, um. But yeah, so that one Chelsea got away with 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 a yeah. big time there. Uh, West Ham fans can really really feel uh, sort of unlucky and agree. But mm-hmm. Aston Villa, Man City, we talk about defenses and top defenses. Um, you know what what's going on with Man City, uh, ref at the moment?
1: I I just think they are playing so aggressively, um, mm-hmm. in in attack, you know, and. You know, teams don't create many chances against Man City, but if they do manage to create a chance, it's normally a big one because of how mm-hmm. far up the field Man City have been pushing. So yeah. you know, Man City need to—they really, desperately, desperately need to figure out how to not get hit on that counter because I, I do feel like Aston Villa—they—they—they they, they took that that moment really well. They—they they, and um, should it have really
0: stood. Should it have stood? The Coutinho sort of goal, yeah,
1: if you like. definitely, definitely. Of course it should have stood. I, I have got no idea why the referee was blowing his whistle. Mm. Does that make Coutinho a good FPL asset? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You know, I, I think he's um, a, a bit of a shocking FPL asset. But, mm. you know, what it does say is that um gods, gods do bleed. Yeah, you know, and and Man City are vulnerable, and you know they they are, they have looked amazing so far this season, but they've had a couple of results where you think you know maybe maybe perhaps there is hope for for someone to give them a proper challenge this yeah. season,
0: and I think. I think everyone's expecting for Laporte to come back in and solidify that defence and so on. Um, I mean, you look at Liverpool, they've had yeah. the normal back three, same with City, normal back three, and just one of those, you know, one one player missing kind of thing. But mm. I think that's not an excuse. And I think the Cancelo sort of goal should have stood. Looked absolutely fine to me, you know, he was on side and so on. So um, you know, there's a few teams from a VAR perspective that have been shafted and um, you you could say um and finally the everton liverpool game we've kind of come full circle from the yeah. uh, game weeks that are featured but i know you want to talk about two things was it two in particular was yeah it like? yeah
1: yeah so um i i think personally that um the conor cody goal which i celebrated like an absolute wild feral human being um <laughs> it it was offside It was offside, unfortunately. There's been some shocking images of people just going, like, and just placing a line and just like not considering the fact that it's like at an angle Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And they've gone, "Oh, look, no, it should have definitely been onside." Like that is just confirmation bias in Mm -hmm. in full flow. Like some people definitely only see what they want to see. But um, you know that that was is you know I can admit as as an Everton fan that the goal that we scored it shouldn't have stood. Um, Yeah. um, and fortunately for you, it, it was correctly called off. But one of the things that should have gone to VAR but didn't for me was um, the VVD challenge on Onana. Uh, I think when you go in on a player with your studs up and it lands right at the base of their planted leg and you're both um, coming together at momentum, it's a it could have been potentially very dangerous. And that, that tackle could have set Everton back. Right yeah. back to where we were before the transfer window, with you know struggle and form midfield options. It could have As, went from know, oh nana yeah.
0: to oh no no, couldn't it? Because uh, you know oh, mate, you'd have been you'd have been stuck <laughs> you'd have been stuck on that one. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, for yeah. me, this is you know it's always subjective these things. In terms of slow replays, they always look worse. Um, I think I have to agree with the rule that they do have in place that. If it is below sort of the ankle, it's more the foot. I do agree because otherwise people's toes will be getting stepped on and they'll be giving red cards for them. I understand the studs and maybe I think the, the the argument is that is there enough the force in there and I think. Van Dijk's been lucky that the fact that his foot's coming down rather than being more raised towards the, you yeah, know, the not, bottom not of the shin a, and so on. A right angle, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's how he's got lucky. But you know, we've seen it in the past, and we talk a bit about yeah. VAR now being so many wrong decisions that that could have went that way, and it could have been sent off. So you know, you're mm. completely entitled to kind of to, to to feel that way, especially as an Everton fan, mate. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky uh, nothing
1: nothing happens um, because I mean, just. Just for me as an Everton fan to, to have Onana who looks amazing, by the way. He I think he, he really won that midfield battle in, in that game. I think he he made um Harvey Elliott look even smaller than he actually is. And um and but I think going forward, um Everton could have a real player there who's gonna give us some um, defensive solidity, perhaps even give Everton a few good clean sheets going forward. So I can't wait for Everton's fixtures to turn. Personally, to to get a few of those players into my uh, FPL sports. Look
0: what a nil nil does to him. Look what a nil nil does to me. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: starving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So so you know, great little sort of VAR discussion there. I think we both, you know, for the majority of of the calls, um, you know, I see. I think we seem to to there's probably more agree that they were, they were wrong than they were right. Probably only the mm-hmm. Liverpool and the Everton uh, Liverpool Everton game and uh, brentford Leeds, we agreed that you know they were more or less the right call so to speak mm-hmm. um but yes yeah, sort of a few people that have been in the chat since the beginning of the of the stream um i know we've got uh christopher barrington big hello from the woodstock one lads um and then liam says rev calling out tony bell who actually tweeted something um it was you know, as you mentioned about, about yeah. the line with Cody and so on. So um, and it's good to see IBK yeah. in here as well in the in the chat. But
1: yeah, I definitely wouldn't say that to his face, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's yeah, that's that's true. Um, but yeah, so going on from VAR, because as I said, we didn't want to kind of linger too much around that and um, maybe mm-hmm. assets that impress that you know, sort of elsewhere. Um, we have gone over the sort of Brighton. Yeah. United, Brentford, but we'll even throw a couple in there—the likes of of Pope from Newcastle and Chilwell. So McAllister, mm. um, been really good hit. lately. What oh, a hit! Awesome if the
1: net wasn't there, that would still be going into the sky right now.
0: <laughs> it the, certainly the would.
1: Like I know it's like an old adage, but you know, you know the phrase like "you'll never hit a, a cleaner strike in his life." yeah Ever. yeah some, I, some never, i have never i've played football like my whole life since i've been about like 14 and i'm well about 34 now yeah <laughs> and I, i've ne- i've never seen anyone hit a ball like that not in my whole life it was
0: it was sweet it wasn't was it it was clean. a clean
1: great goal so great clean, goal. great technique hmm. and uh, he's on penalties as well which is one of the big things you know so, some of these um players who, who we do Bring into our FPL teams, like, can can be a little bit fixture proof just because they're on penalties. You know, we never know when penalties are going to happen. Personally, I'm not a big fan of Brighton's fixtures, but you could do a lot worse than putting McAllister in, in your team and just keeping him in there, ticking over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um two d- double digit hauls in the last last two games they got 14 mm. and 10 um he's got 11 against west ham actually as well who brighton beat 2-0 quite quite comfortably um mm. other than that he got a zero in an, in 90 minutes uh, against united and then sort of two two pointers but um i mean the big appeal is he is on penalties as you say i think if you've got him great assets to have going into this uh, game week with brighton flying and playing bournemouth who mm-hmm. If we quickly mention beat uh Forrest, uh, come back and and then beat them, and there was a few good goals in there Dominic Solanke and Billing and so on, um, 3 2. So fantastic game there, but you know, ne- never know. Bournemouth could could turn it on against Brighton and we get a shock result, but um, yeah, Brighton are certainly looking good, and McAllister is, as I say, looking good as well. Now, Marcus Rashford, I know you weren't 100 hung up on how. While people went in the FPL community about his two goals and his assist yeah. and so on, but would you still think that with how United are at the moment, they're looking really promising, getting that good run of, of games? Definitely. Would you think he's he's still an option of bringing in six point five now?
1: I think I think he's a good option for sure. I, I I do think, as I said earlier in the podcast, he needs to gain a little bit more confidence. But I do think you know having those two players behind them in. Um, you know in Bruno and Eriksen you know those two players some of the most cre- two of the most creative players in Europe you know never mind the the premier league and yeah. the fact that he's going to be feeding feeding them just means the points are going to come
0: yeah and you don't think there's any sort of risk in terms of the premier league anyway uh, of him being dropped for cristiano ronaldo um, at any points or
1: I think with the addition of Anthony in particular, Mm -hmm. who, by the way, took his goal incredibly well. I know uh, Jack Jack is going to be watching the podcast as well and he's going to be loving the fact that we're going to be singing Man United's praises. But, you know, Anthony looked really, really dangerous. Sancho was getting into some good positions. Marcus Rashford looks like he's turning it around. And and so Mm -hmm. I've definitely got my eye on a few Man United assets.
0: Yeah, so in terms of the fixtures for United, um if you were going to bring them in, I mean people say they've got a tricky one against Palace because Palace have actually looked quite good defensively this year. Obviously scored two goals against City as well, so you could say that United, you know, maybe even might concede. Then after that it's Leeds, Man City and Everton. You know, those three fixtures there. United capable of of scoring against City, do you think and in particular Marcus Rashford if you if you bring him in?
1: Uh, I think well what what we've what we've seen is we've seen two players in Eriksen and Bruno who can play a, a real pass in between the lines and if if Man United can get that counter attack right I think Man City will be vulnerable.
0: Yeah, fair fair point. I, th- I think with the vulnerability that uh, Man City have shown at the back, I don't see why Rashford, especially the way they play that counter attacking football, could get in behind. So next one is um, Ivan Toni. Now we own him. You brought him in for Kane, which I did question at the time, but um, you know, I, I was just I was just annoyed that you copied genius, you there, mate. But, you know, genius. it is one of them.
1: <laughs> so, There's, you know, the, these are the 200 IQ level plays you can come <laughs> to expect from the Rev to take out Harry Kane for a Brentford attacker. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it's bold, yeah. um, but it's certainly paid off for you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. He's looking really, really good at the minute. Certainly worth uh, 7.2. You know, he's gone up recently. Uh, he went up and then he went down. And now they've put him back up. Uh, just goes to show what a hat trick will do for you in FBL. And, um, you know, looking at the fixtures, they do start getting a little bit tricky, but there are some good fixtures in there still in the likes of Southampton, Bournemouth. Uh, they're the main two standout ones. They do have Arsenal, Newcastle, Brighton and Chelsea. But would you say that he's definitely a hold or even bringing him in? Is it is a consideration for the FBL managers? Which player is this? Sorry, Ivan Tony. Ivan Yeah, definitely. I bring
1: him in. Yeah. Bring him in. Like if you've not got him, get on him. Why not? He's a player who's in absolutely unbelievable form right yeah. now. Yeah, um, and hard and hard not hard just hard. in the last game either. You know, sometimes we see um, FPL assets get jumped on just because they score a hat trick. But he's not just been scoring a hat trick this week. He's been getting a goal uh, like every pretty much every game. <laughs> so far this season and his fixtures are great.
0: So Yeah, yeah. He's only I, blanked in two games out of the six. Two games other than exactly, that exactly. he's had a return. So he's he's looking really good. Do you want to take the next one, mate? I know I know it's um it's more to do with because it's, you know, your sort of job and so on. The word pope. Sort of comes to mind.
1: Yeah, man, <laughs> <laughs> you have got the rev talking about the Pope. <laughs> changed, but um, yeah, it's not, not Volkswagens.
0: Just, uh, We're not going to bring that. That's completely different, you know. <laughs> <and> so on.
1: <laughs> oh man, yeah, but um, yeah, obviously the Newcastle goalkeeper. Mm. Um, I, I think f- for me, as as like a stack guy, um, one of the things that I love about Newcastle is that mm. they keep it compact. So what that does is that encourages. Um, shots anyway like they just accept the fact that they are going to face shots yeah. but what they do as a team is they try and make the the expected goals value of those shots as low as mm. possible Yeah. so Nick Pope is a good player at getting save points anyway but the fact that Newcastle are encouraging low XG chances in order to win possession back is is just a match made in heaven I think he's yeah. he's one of those players that um you know I'm gonna be looking to move forward on. I think you know, me are you still on uh you're not are you you're not on a Leicester goalkeeper? No, I am no. I'm unfortunately still on a Leicester goalkeeper and, and I think I've stuck with them this long. So I'm gonna stick with them for the time being, just because Leicester's fixtures have turned now. Yeah, their their fixtures are really good now. And you know I'm gonna wait a, like two or three more weeks, and and if there's still nothing from those Leicester goalkeepers, then yeah. you know I'll I'll have to I'll have to you know face facts. Yeah, uh, I think like a that... Mr.
0: Yeah. A certain Mr. Harry Kane might have uh, something to say about that in game week eight against Leicester, though, uh, Mikey. So I know that the fixtures are kind of maybe easing out a little bit. in Villa, the next game they've got Villa haven't looked great, but game week eight it kind of goes back to that. Unless they're going to concede a, a half full against um, against Spurs, but yeah, yeah. Well, Forest the week the, after, so.
1: yeah. Over, over the next six, um, mm. they they've got Villa, Forest, Bournemouth, Palace, Leeds, and Wolves. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: There has there has to be a clean sheet in there. There has mm. to be. And if know, there he's... isn't, I'm going to cry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, you're keeping the faith. Uh, I yeah. understand in terms of the value of these goalkeepers, they're really, really low. Um, so, you know, it gives you yeah. movers elsewhere. Yeah, team, I've, I've but, held yeah. them
1: now through through the tough fixtures and yeah. now the fixtures are really good. So mm. there's no point in moving on without seeing what they could possibly do when the fixtures are decent first.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I mean, in terms of Nick Pope, just to, to finish on him, you know, uh, mm. highest amount of sort of I think it's save points it might be something along them lines. Um I think it's yeah Pope top for saves, which mm. is crazy in itself really considering Newcastle's defence is, is much improved and so much better this season. But moving on to Chilwell finally in terms of an asset. We did talk about Chelsea. We did talk about how they've not looked great. Can they mm. potentially still be options and they've got a game against Fulham this weekend. Do you think they can keep a clean sheet against Fulham and the uh, legend that is Alexander Mitrovic yeah man
1: it's one of them where I think Chelsea are going to concede Chelsea are going to concede like that's just what they've been doing so far this season and I think that's going to continue especially against the striker who is as in form as Mitrovic but the the thing is um I think what we need to do is keep a close eye on something that you're going to mention in a moment, which is the Champions League. Um, but to keep a close eye on on the Champions League, see what Chelsea are doing, see if Chilwell gets a if Chillwell gets more than thirty minutes, I'm tempted. I'm tempted yeah. to bring him in.
0: I mean, for a guy that's on twenty two points in FPL at the moment, I haven't um, played one game. <laughs> you know, he's he's literally within basically. You know, two games. He got a nine, oh, yeah, two nine, point, Sorry, yeah. nine point in the beginning. Yeah, sixty four minutes. And um, you know, he has featured a little bit here and there, but you know, not as much as maybe what people expected, especially with Cucurella coming in and people mm. saying rotation and so on. Um, he's definitely got caught people's attention. Uh, that's for sure. So, I think oh. he's uh, he's going to mm. quickly become a favorite again in people's teams like last season. And and especially
1: given the, the fact that Chelsea have some unbelievable fixtures all the way up until, what, game week 18, 19, something like that. They're just a total set of forget. Great fixtures so, coming So, yeah. you know, if, if these players can nail down their place, can can stay fit, then mm. absolute no-brainer.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I think we've covered enough probably in terms of what players and maybe talked about Brentford and Brighton um, quite a bit. So So we won't go back into them, but... Um, you know, we we've covered about V A R in this in this sort of stream. We've covered about uh the 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 players that have looked amazing, maybe players to to jump onto for this game week. Is there anyone sort of in particular that springs to mind, Mikey, that that you might think is a differential for this week? And I mean, you can have a look at the fixtures, anyone that maybe that you think that you could that you could just pick randomly. I'll uh, put you on the a spot a little bit a, there.
1: A bit of a differential for this week. Differential, yeah. I I think um, possibly McAllister is, is 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 a great shout. Um, if you were looking for like a one week punt, because because what people could do is is they could um, bring in McAllister for the next two games, and then they could dead end into a, a wild card, and then take him out when when those fixtures turn. So if you were looking to bring in someone just for two weeks and then wildcard them out again, I, th- I think you could do a lot worse than McAllister.
0: It's that that's a fair point, you know, in terms of wildcard being round the corner for some people from game week eight as well. What, what what's what's a
1: wild card, yeah. mate? It's a wild yeah, card.
0: We've, we've used ours in game week two, we've so we won't we won't talk about ass- that too absolutely much. Absolutely spaffed ours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's it's not it's not an option for us basically, but we we did that setting our team up uh, for those sort of weeks anyway. So I'm looking good for it. Um yeah, so I think we're both worried. still
1: on like three three four threes, which is where the meta is heading. That's where it's anyway. So exactly that you know, yeah. so we, we've kind of got, got a bit ahead of the curve there. So
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna say for a one week differential or sort of punt. I do like the look of um, Sinistera for Leeds. I like what he's proved so far. I think a game home fixture against Forrest, um, and I think he's an affordable price as well. Um, that that could be the guy to go to, and I think as well as that, uh, Leeds, uh, although they've got United next week, they play Villa, Villa the week after, they've got some decent fixtures, so that that's that one for me. But uh, a quick mention of the up-and-coming uh, Champions League. So, um, if you love your fancy like, like what, us, what's what's that? What what's Champions, Champions League? I'm yeah. I'm an
1: Everton fan. What what is it?
0: Oh, sorry, mate. I, I don't know um, what it is, mate. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't mean to sort of, um, you know, point that out too much. But yeah, um, Everton. Uh, you know, Europa europe League, right? With the United, no. No, Mate, even, we almost uh, got
1: relegated last not, season. <laughs> you, even, what are you smoking, bro?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So moving on from that, though, if you if you do love your fancy like us, then check our uh, UCL fancy football. It's back. You know, first group fixtures start today. You know, if you want to get involved in our free entry league, check out our link tree uh, or our website for details. Um, but keep an eye out on the uh, updates on FBL Addict socials uh, for game week seven. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the new YouTube channel. Link is in the caption below, um, just down there. And uh, we'll be back on... Sort of uh for the game week five preview. Um, so more than likely tomorrow for that one. But I'm looking forward to, to the Premier League. Well, I'm looking forward to the Champions League. Sorry about that, uh Mikey. And uh, I'm looking forward to the Premier League as well because it's it's uh, it's fully taken off now. So I did say game week five. Sorry, I've just realized game week seven I meant. To see what I mean? It's there's so much how, happening how, the how world. Time flies. <laughs> <laughs> we've gone back, we've gone forth, but game week seven I meant for, for the up and coming. Um, but yeah thanks uh, to everybody for watching and listening and uh, hope you enjoy the Champions League and uh, looking forward to the Premier League this weekend too take care everyone, bye for now